Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast for UFC Mexico. Brandon Royval, Brandon Moreno. I, you know, I know Moreno's the A-side and I fucked it up. A couple of Brandons in a rematch. That's their main event. Cole Main, also a five-round fight. Also a rematch, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega. It's a night of rematches, by the way, because you know I think the people's main event in this card is the other rematch, Edgar Chires and Daniel Da Silva Lacerda. And we're going to talk about plenty about that fight later. I'm Sniper. That's Monk. Supposed to be joined by Gino. He's lost in the Matrix somewhere. And you know what? All of you, all you people, including whatever troll called me annoying last week. Fuck you, buddy. I may be annoying, but I'm probably smarter than you. <laughs> if you're still watching, definitely. Um, listen, we came up with the format that I heard. You know, some people like, some don't. Trying to defend each fighter, and we get to three people. I'm going to try and convince Geek to keep doing that. Which, by the way, Geek will be back next week. For those of you who really miss Geek, I get it. He's funny and all that, all that, all that stuff. He's my boss, and I guess they'll fuck with him. Um, but we want to do something different. There's so many breakdown podcasts. Got to be a little bit different. And to me, if you want to listen to a two-hour podcast, you're different than me, and that's fine. I think 45 minutes is kind of the sweet spot. I think a lot, all the hour breakdowns are a bit much. There's plenty of content out there. Try and be funny. We'll break down some fights. And aside from A-side, B-side being different, the full fight breakdowns from each coach are available to DFS Army members. So if you want those, link down below. We got to save something for the men members. Everything, cheat sheets, fight rankings, um, optimizers, projections. I have a unique uh, sniper score method that's been interesting for GPPs. So come check out all that stuff. We got weekly passes, all that good stuff. For now, though, me and Monk, we're going to go old school. If Gino jumps in, we're going to go right back to defending a fighter and picking up where we left off. So, but fuck you. I'm still not, it's not going to be a two hour podcast. And you know what? When Geek comes back, he knows that I'm going to bust his balls every chance I get. Like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to invest in a buzzer, Monk, that every five minutes, I, that if he goes past five minutes on a breakdown, I just slam the buzzer. We need the box from Chappelle show. Play him off. <laughs> Wrap that shit up, B. <laughs> Get the, uh, the the Academy Award music overlay. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it'll be a thing when, when me and you were just like, I pick Moreno. And that that's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to I get out of here in like less than 90 minutes. <laughs> what Monk said or what Geek said. He's smart. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do an actual card open now that I, I told you I was going to bust some trolls balls. And I, I do it all in good fun. If you're going to throw a jab like calling me annoying while I play with the mic here, then I'm going to throw jabs back. Cause exactly. I got, I got thick skin, but I'm also a dick. Anyway, uh, theme of this card, by the way, is live underdogs, but none you can really – like we're going to we're gonna say it a lot. There's a lot of live dogs on this card. Uh, it's a good GPP card for DraftKings. By the way, we're going to throw out some bets as well. I have – there is one dog, though, that I think everybody's on that I'm so far off of. <laughs> I th and I, I don't think I, we, we talked about this Oh, in, in our in our uh, in our staff chat. But there's there's one dog I'm, I'm not all about. We'll talk about that in a second. Is there I mean, are you looking forward to breaking this card down where you got, you know, big, big favorites like Yasmin Uribe, Edgar Chires, Felipe Dos Santos in his second UFC fight? Yeah, super are, are, trustworthy people. We know a lot about them too. Lots of cage time. No, but yeah, I am looking forward to uh, to going through the fight. I am looking forward to the fights. They are most of them are probably going to be shit shows, low level UFC shit show fights. But I'm here for that instead of no fights at all. By a hundred times out of a hundred, and and they're so, going to uh, be fun. And they, that's exactly my point. These low level shit show fights, dude. We get like ten not. These are the cards that produce ten knockouts. You know, you know, or ten finishes. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, while it could, and it makes for interesting DraftKings plays too. It's not, you know, last week might be fun if you're trying to parlay all the winners and you you get it's all chalk, eleven favorites win. That's not fun for DFS. That's not fun. I mean, Val Woodburn made the optimal lineup last week. It's not fun for DFS. So these cards like this are uh, are very good for variants. I mean, I enjoyed the fights last week, but you're right in terms of, in terms of how fun it was. It was about as fun. As the UFC welterweight division, it's about it's about that fun. Which, by the way, not fun. I don't know. I will. I I agree. Except I loved watching Marab just demolish Henry Cejudo. That was my favorite. But kill shot one round one, and then Marab got angry. 
You know what I missed from that fight? I know we're 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 kind of rambling, and then we're, we're pulling a geek here, but but we'll get into it in a second. Ray Longo wasn't mad enough between rounds. Yeah, I agree. I missed the Ray Longo screaming. I guess he That's doesn't have guy. to be like that with Marab. He doesn't have to get Marab going because Marab's just always going. Apparently, he fought True. full hundred percent with Aljo for fifteen minutes right before the fight. Dumb. Just this guy's crazy. All right, let's talk fights. Let's start main event. Let's jump right into it. Brandon Moreno, eighty-eight hundred, taking on Brandon Royval at seventy-four hundred. Line on this fight: Moreno is minus three hundred. Royval is plus two fifty. Monk, you get the honors. You could take the main event mostly because I want to rant about the co-main. Well, this is the uh, the Brandon Bowl. AKA uh, Pantoja's children fight each other. I mean, Pantoja's got like four wins over these guys. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm going to go with Moreno. Royval is is the more quote unquote exciting uh, fighter. I guess is the perception. Um, but Moreno just seems more consistent. I don't know what we're going to get uh, when Royval steps into the octagon each and every time. I don't know which one is going to show up. Uh, is it going to be the one against Nikolau? Uh, or is it going to be the one against like Hogerio Bontarin in which he got outscored um, in a win in that fight? So I just don't know what I'm going to get uh, there. The salaries make that a bit easier for me as he's only 7,400. Where's Moreno 8,800? I just feel like this goes to decision. And um, I think both both guys give up a decent amount of points when they lose. And both guys have a pretty good floor overall as long as they're not getting knocked out, which I don't expect to happen in this fight. So, yeah, for GPPs, I'm going to play the average amount because they don't score, you know, out of this world by any means. It's just about over 90 points for each guy. But in cash, I almost don't mind like a stack for yep. a couple of lineups, which I usually hate. I never stack like ever. Uh, but I, I could see it here. I mean, both guys have really good floors, especially in five round fights. If this goes to decision. Yeah, I'm all about a stack here. Um, fight goes to decision is. Actually, fight ends into fight ends into the distance is minus one sixty. That's really because of how Roy Val closes the distance. Does not care if he gets hit. Wants to go to the ground. Both guys though are good scramblers. I could see reversals, takedowns from either side in this fight. I think it scores relatively well. I don't think we see a quick finish in this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I should I need to remember the Moreno. I'd be surprised if we saw a quick finish. Yeah, I mean Moreno won the first fight in the first round, but it was that it was that that shoulder injury and, and, and ground and pound finish. So yeah. Yep. But the way Roy Val fights, it, it's hard to see him going all five rounds because he is so reckless and move forward and, and fun, but that should score well for DraftKings. I do like this fight for DraftKings on both sides. Betting wise. I do like Moreno. I think Moreno is more technical. I think Roy Val uh, is going to against really high level technical fighters. Mm -hmm. I think Roy Val is going to struggle. Because I think he's going to get picked apart in the feet. And when they grapple, Moreno is scrambling enough to keep up with Royval. That's usually where Royval can outscramble people. I think it's it's even on the feet. So I liked, I agree with the odds. I like the Moreno side. I like the stack on DraftKings. And that's what we got for fight number one. Co-main event, Yair Rodriguez, 8,500. Taking on Brian Ortega at 7,700. A line on this fight. Yair is minus 148 on DraftKings. Comeback on Ortega is plus 125. Uh, all you Brian Ortega backers, I, I recommend caution. The dude is not five rounds. Yeah, and if, and if we got five rounds, look, the dude has not fought in two years. They're playing. They're fighting five rounds at elevation. Red flag one for me. Red flag two. Brian Ortega is not talking like a guy who wants to be here much longer. That's a big red flag in the fight game. Look at how Volk was talking. Look at how Cejudo was talking. You can draw some real parallels between Ortega. Then on top of that, you have Ortega is not even telling us how many surgeries he's had. He's that banged up and beaten up. Now, has he maybe recovered from all of them? Sure, but he's and, and I get he's not sharing because he doesn't want opponents to attack it. But how fucked up is he? Like he's talking about walking away because he wants to be able to, you know, I don't know if he said these exact words, but crawl around with his kids and like, is it time to hang it up? And it's all talk I hate to hear from a fighter. That's just the intangibles. Then I go to that fight. If I hear anybody say that was a fluke injury last time out, no. Yair Rodriguez submitted Brian Ortega. And here's the like, or 
Yeah, you're through up an arm bar. Yes, as great as Ortega is, he went, and I know, I get it. The high, I, the highest I ever got was was my blue belt in BJJ. Then I got old and my shit started dislocating. But I know, and I get, he's high level and knows way more than me. You're not supposed to yank limbs out of arm bars. Like, you, you, you shouldn't be yanking stuff. Right, right. He, <laughs> clearly, he thought he was free. He can get out of it and fine. It's a fluky type of injury, sure, but that's a Yair Rodriguez submission in my book. Is it a little bit freaky? Sure. Anybody trying to discredit Yair for that? Big problem for me. Like, huge problem. That was a mistake from Brian Ortega, at least as, as I read it. On the feet, Ortega looked a little bit stronger, but I still think over five rounds, Yair's going to land much better strikes and be much more fluid, especially when you account for the ring rest I already talked about. Look, yeah, yours got five rounds to work here. I get everybody loves T City. I can't get there. I'm behind El Pantera on this one. Um, yeah, I get you lost to Volkanovsky. And Ortega probably looked a little bit better against Volk. You can't wiki cap like that. The intangibles in Ortega scare me so fucking much. They really do. So with all the live, if this was a this was last week where I didn't think we had any dogs, I'd probably play more more Ortega. Right? I'd be cool. This week, where I have dogs upon dogs upon dogs to choose from, no thanks. I'll be underweight to Brian Ortega this week, who will be very popular. Monk. Yeah, not only will he be very popular, but I think he's too expensive, man. I honestly think this line should be wider than I think you said 145 and plus 125. Um, I wonder, no, actually, that won't even matter. Uh, I just like Yair here. The way he's looked, even in the Volk fight, I'm not really... I'm not going to discredit anything he did uh, there whatsoever. Volk was still Volk uh, then in the featherweight division. Um, smashed up Josh Emmett like in nine minutes. Uh, beat, you know, had the win over Brian Ortega. Uh, then it was the Max Holloway and Jeremy Stevens back to back right there. I just don't. I just don't trust Ortega. It's exactly everything you said. The possible. I don't know when I want to be finished. Talk. We don't know how injured he is. And I already said I think he's too expensive. So, which also in contrast means that I think Yair Rodriguez is too cheap. And I think he can also get a finish. And when he does get a finish, he tends to score in the triple digits. And he's only $8,500 this week. So I think that's a lot of intangibles for Brian Ortega. I like the guy. I don't have anything against him. I want to see him. I mean, I always liked him. Uh, has a good personality, good fighter in the cage. But same thing with Yair Rodriguez, in my opinion. Both guys are super exciting. I just think Yair is moving up, up, uphill trajectory, and I think he's doing that in his head too. Where I don't know if Brian Ortega is going up physically or mentally. So give me Yair Rodriguez at what I consider a cheap salary. All right, let's talk. Dennis Zellhuber, eighty nine hundred, taking on Francisco Prado at seventy three hundred. Zellhuber minus two seventy. Comeback on Prado is plus two ten. Zellhuber, I think, the definition of UFC jitters in his first fight. Mm-hmm. Monk has won a couple. Is a favorite here. Do you like him against Francisco Prado? I think I do, but that's just because I mean Prado's twenty one. Uh, super young has a lot of learning left to do and a lot of growing uh, as far as his MMA game goes. And I think he can he can he can do that. First of all, the guy's got a brick for a head. Um, so I don't think you're going to knock him out and that's not how Zell Huber fights anyways. Um, I'm picking Zell Huber just cause he looked decent after those jitters against Venata and Giago not the best opponents as far as quality. Um, but neither is Otman Isatar to be completely honest. Uh, the Jamie Malarkey loss did not age the best for Prado, but he's still early enough in his career. Like I said, 21 years old, he can still build off that and turn that around. My problem is Daniel Zell Huber here. Is probably going to be pretty popular. He's $8,900, and this guy scores no points ever. Never, ever, never. Uh, two points a minute is what he puts up. That's basically what Derek Lewis scores when he's not getting knockouts. Uh, the guy scores 80 points per win, and he's just under 9K this week. I mean, he put up 84 against Giagos in a submission, in a finish win, 84. 75 against Lando Venata. Uh, he only scored 20 in 15 minutes against Trey Ogden. The dude just just doesn't do enough. All he does is striking, and if all you do is strike, you better land knockdowns uh, or or ground and pound and finish fights, and Zell Huber doesn't do any of that shit. So 
I think Prado's probably able to get hit, but I don't think Zell Huber is going to finish him. I like the Zell Huber decision here, and I will probably be fading him a little bit uh, overall at that high price. And Prado, I'm going to have a little bit more than people probably do on average for the uh, finish potential. Yeah, I agree with everything you said at the last part. I'll pick other dogs. There's plenty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like we're gonna roll into a, to a few pretty quick that uh, I would rather play. Oh yeah. But I think I think Zell Huber is. I think I'm on our way to this fight overall. I think Zell Huber wins. I think he pieces him up on the outside. He probably does what he did again. Even even in a second round win against Giagos, like you said, it was 85 points. I think he wins on the outside. I think he's mm-hmm. fine. Good. I just don't see I don't see him finishing Prado early unless Prado really does something stupid. Uh the win over uh, Zaitar, I don't I thought Zaitar's been overrated for a while since he can't get his his uh Fight Island drugs. That was him, I believe. They were potatoes. Yeah, potato sure. Um <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that exciting of a fight. It's a weird third up from third from from the top fight. I'm going to I think things are going to de-escalate pretty quickly here, but yeah, I, I just sure I guess, and yeah. I would I would actually say if you're gonna play anything on bet any, bet anything on this fight, whatever the giant number is on Prado by KO, I might take a look at that. Exactly, but yeah, still for DK, there's just other options. Yeah, Raul Rosas Jr. He's nine thousand, taking on Ricky Tercios at seventy two hundred. Line on this fight, Raul Rosas Jr. is minus two eighteen. The comeback on Tercios is plus one eighty. Can anybody tell me what Ricky Tercios is going to show up in this fight? was the one who fought Brady Heaston. It could be fun. Uh, it's either, I mean, he scored a bunch of points against Navidad because he had reversals and takedowns in that fight. He's not going to have that here against uh, Rosas uh, Jr. And if he, he tries to do that, he is going to get finished. Um, Raul Rosas Jr., owner, owner of one of the biggest heads in mixed martial arts, yeah, you beat Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell, ooh, your striking looked better in that fight. Great, it's just as good as your win against Jay Perrin. Raul Rosas Jr. is hard to figure out. He's fought two awful fighters and lost to Christian Rodriguez, who I do think is a little better than people think. And I think that was, you know, Rosas Jr. is 18, 19, 14, however fucking old he is. Like you would think he's going to grow a little bit. I think this is a good fight. It, it's. There's variance in this fight. I would not play either of these guys in cash games. I wouldn't bet on this fight, honestly. It, it's just a pass because we don't know how much Rosas has grown up since that first fight. If the same Rosas Jr. shows up to fight um, Christian Rodriguez and doesn't make any improvements, which I don't take improvement away from the Terrence Mitchell fight. Sorry, doesn't do anything for me. I could guess. But if that Mitchell shows up, or sorry, if that Rosas shows up who fought Mitchell, who, sorry, who fought Rodriguez, Tercios is really live in this fight because he's at least a vet. He's been around. He's a low-level UFC guy. And if Rosas Jr. is not improving, he's not going to belong. I know he is hyped up and young kid and a prospect. You better get better. You're, you're going to get found out real quick, Sonny. Uh, I'm going to pick Rosas because I think he's got a big enough advantage on the on the mat, and that's where this fight should play out. And that is going to be my pick here. I just Tercios is a dog I will mix in in case we find out Rosas is a fraud. I'm really the fact that Rosas is placed below Zell Huber makes like why would the UFC do that? Weird. I know it's just one fight placement. It feels weird. I don't I don't know. I I, I don't I don't like it. So yeah, give give me Rosas. Come on. Yeah, I kind of think the same same ish things. I'm a little more confident uh on the Rosas side. Um, I just think you can say a lot of the same shit about Ricky Tercios. I mean, high stand, like what has he done since then? Uh, Tercios gave up six freaking takedowns in that fight. 51%. So Tercios was controlled. Even, even he did win and score a shitload of points as you alluded to, but he was being controlled for over seven and a half minutes of that fight. If that happens against roses, the, He's not even going to get controlled for so he'll be subbed before that. Um, Kevin, I, I, I went to pull it up and I expected a low score. And when he scored over 100, how did that happen? I didn't remember, uh, Kevin Natividad, which who I don't even think has fought since then, and I don't even know his last win off the top of my head. Um, took him down seven freaking times. Yeah, he got reversed a bunch of times, 
But Tercios has given up 13 takedowns in, in two fights. And the third fight was Eamon Zahabi, who I don't think has ever shot a takedown. Um, and he got out-decisioned in that. And he looked so bad in that fight. This has to be a record. He, he landed 27 significant strikes at 11.5%. So if you don't want to do the math, that means he threw over 230 fucking strikes in 15 minutes, Max Holloway-ish, oh, and ready? landed... No, 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 you know who that's about? I mentioned her name earlier in our pre-show talk. That's Caitlin Sarmina-like. Yeah, and he <laughs> landed 27, bro. What are we doing? Like, so what Tercios is going to show up here? If you're telling me one guy can't, like, has an 11% striking accuracy against a striker and then gives up 13 takedowns uh, to non-strikers, and now he's fighting a specialist on the ground. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rosas here. Uh, I don't mind playing some of them in cash. I like him for GPPs. I'll have a little bit of Tercios. Don't get me wrong. I don't go zero on anybody. Um, but, man, ter- I think Rosas Jr. would really have to shit the bed here uh, or or lose a, a, a super shitty decision uh, for Tercios to get the win. Or for hey, yeah, are, are you really sure he's not going to shit the bed? Because I ha- I have questions. I mean, I'm not sure about there's like 20 fighters I could say that about on this card. As far as I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the specialist here against the guy who can't seem to defend takedowns or strike very well. I think All he's right. just good at changing his nickname a bunch of times. Mug's excited for this one, guys. I'm giving you a little teaser. Get jacked up. Yasmin Yarigue. I don't know if I said that right. My Spanish accent's the worst of all my accents. I can do Eastern European great. But um, yeah, Spanish, Portuguese, no good. Those R's are hard. <laughs> Uruguay is ninety five hundred. Sam Hughes, the Sam Page is sixty seven hundred. Line on this fight, Uruguay is minus five seventy five. The comeback on the Sam Page, as she shall be known, is plus four twenty five. Monk, Hurricane Sam Hughes, what's up? Yeah, it's it's uh, Sam Page. She's on a Sam Page. Why is my question after what you just said? Uragi's minus what did you say? Uh, I I said if I want to get real aggressive, Uragi. Uh, you said, oh you, you said Uragi's minus five something. Are you fucking on serious? DraftKings on FanDuel? She's minus seven seventy. Yeah, how is question number one, and then and then why is question number two mostly? Uh, because she fought somebody named Yasmin Lucindo. I know who she is. Don't worry, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic there. Scored 64 points in a win. Oh, then she scored 130 against Estella Nunez, who is the female version of Daniel Lacerda, uh, who we're going to talk about, unfortunately, very shortly. Um, And then she lost to Denise Gomes in in less than like 20 seconds. Denise, now she's minus 770 against a UFC vet who's three and two in her last five and who also happened to to beat uh, the world's greatest strawweight, Estella Nunez. I just don't get this at all, man. Everybody was super high on, oh, Amarim's going to crush her. Amarim's going to cr-. Yeah, what happened there? Sam Page did her thing. Everybody's saying she's she's old. She's 31 years old. I don't. There's so many narrative people out there this week that I just, I don't get it, man. I don't understand this line. I don't understand these salaries. Uh, normally, I shy away from 6,700, but are you kidding me? Sam is, like I said, three and two in her last five. Now she's cheaper than she's ever been, even against Luana Pinheiro. And also she scores very well uh, per loss on average. So even when she loses, uh, where is she here on this list? Um, She scores pretty well. Oh, yeah. Uregi gave up 133 points when she lost also. So I know that was a quick win. Um but if Sam can, like, what, get out of the first round? This is what we say in all of our fights. If Sam gets out of the first round, a, if you're holding one of your, the Uregi tickets, I don't know what the fuck you're doing in the first place, but you're going to be sweating pretty hard. And, uh, yeah, Sam Hughes is going to be my kill shot this week. I don't know that she's actually going to win, and maybe Uregi's made a ton of improvements, but this line is way too wide, way too wide. Yeah, this is Sam Hughes's eighth UFC fight, and... Mm-hmm. The highest she's ever been priced was seventy seven hundred. Yep. And what's her and what's her record in the UFC? So she's got three wins. Three and four. Three and four. So she's got three wins at big time dog numbers. Yeah, and she's so is lost to Tisha Torres. Okay, lost to Luma Lukbunmi, where she scored forty one points though actually. Mm-hmm. Lost to Luana Pinheiro, who I think 
I, I've gotten her right. I mean, she's not in the world, but she's solid. Beat Estela Nunez, beat Elise Reed, lost to, I guess the one people will point at is lost to Piera Rodriguez. But that was Piera Rodriguez um, was until she just lost to Jillian Robertson. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, oop, I just, I just, and, and then beat Amarim. Look, I agree with you in that this line should be closer. I think all the value here is on Sam Hughes. And if, um, Uruguay finds a first round KO. Fuck, I guess I just lost. Like, and I'm still made not of it. The, the price, depending on the op, it'll be harder. Sam Hughes is tough as shit. Who always fights her? When has she been? When does anyone get KO'd yeah. in the first round in this division? It's true. So yeah, I think Sam I mean, Hughes. Except is for Yasmin Uregi, I guess. <laughs> I would I would take a stab at plus four eighty on Sam Hughes. I think is the, the value in this fight. Oh yeah, that, is, that's going to keep going up. Don't bet it yet. What is Sam Hughes by decision? This is insane. What is happening in this in this line for this line? Even if and, and, and what's great is is Yarigwe won a dominant decision. People would be like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah, I was right. right. Oh yeah, well you you took a yeah. minus seven seventy. No decision that. is is yeah <clears throat> is value at minus seven seventy. None zero percent. Now, if Yarigwe goes on to be like a champion, then I I, I guess, but. I don't know. I agree. I I think the line is too wide. I can't find Hughes wins by decision. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, I just gotta wait because she's seven seven plus seven seventy or plus what did I say? Plus four eighty. Oh, it's plus mm-hmm. six hundred. Plus six hundred Hughes by decision. Just bet the money line at that point. It'll be plus five hundred before Saturday. Yeah, probably. Keep an actually eye on the sharps will come in tomorrow night and it'll be back to plus four hundred. Maybe you should bet it now. We'll see. I probably I'm I'm probably not gonna do it. Unless I do like some bullshit, twenty buck. Sam Page, let's go. Here's all the dogs I like play. All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk Manuel Torres. He's eighty three hundred. Taking on Chris Duncan at seventy nine hundred. Line on this fight: Manuel Torres is minus one ninety two. Chris Duncan is plus one sixty. Look to me, this fight is actually a pretty simple breakdown. Duncan's the better fighter if he can stay conscious and. That was a big concern early. He didn't get knocked out by Yanal Ashmuz. He didn't get knocked out by um, which Morales was it? I don't want to say it's not Michael Morales. Tell me, Omar. Omar Morales. Omar Morales. Thank you. You know, who doesn't hit soft? I know he's like, if the chin holds up from Chris Duncan, I don't really like Manuel Torres as a fighter. I think he's a little one dimensional to the power. So it's one of those you can play Duncan Torres for GPPs. I think he's going to be more popular. I, I like Duncan. I'm going to take the more technical fighter. I think Duncan uh, gets this one down. It is sneakier in DraftKings, um, and I get some value in the betting line. So it, for me, it's a case of one-dimensional versus staying conscious. And if the argument for picking Torres is he's going to knock out Duncan, my only counterpoint at that point is I guess we'll see. I don't – could, could, the MMA, but in terms of picking, I'm going to go with a dog here. Mug. Yeah, and I, I kind of disagree. I think Duncan's going to be super popular this week. I've seen a lot of people on him, and because I'm not like, great at ownership, so that, so there we go. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he, I think he's going to be pretty popular. Look, both guys score as the lead MMA coach of DFS Army. I rely on our our, our ownership projections. I have what I think in my head, but I <laughs> use that too. That's one of the ones that I have no input in. Right. I use the tool like everybody else and can make decisions off of that. But yeah, I haven't even seen him yet. No, we usually have um, Fridays. Tomorrow you'll see it. Yeah, Manuel just, I mean, obviously score. He's the better scorer from ev- I mean, from everywhere, even at distance. Even inside the distance, he scores more points per minute than Chris Duncan does. Um, and, it, and it is, yeah, If is Duncan going to get knocked out? If he doesn't, what's Torres going to look like in two and three if he starts getting taken down? Um, this fight's close enough that you could play either side, and you're going to want to play both sides for GPPs because if Duncan lands a lot of takedowns and finds a finish, then that will probably score well. And if Torres, his path to victory is an early KO, that's definitely going to score well at the second lowest favorite salary there is. Um, and he's putting up a lot of points, 114 and 105 per win. The thing I'm worried about is a Duncan decision. Like, what does that look like? Because he scored only 90 against Omar Morales, who is not a good fighter, and I don't think he's in the UFC anymore. Um, I could be wrong, I guess. Uh, and then Yanel Ashmuz, who looked great in his first fight, quick KO, but then he broke his hand against uh, against Duncan, 
in the very first round and Duncan showed no, he didn't even throw the left hand after that. Not one time. It was just, he was a one-armed fighter and Duncan couldn't finish a one-armed fight. Like what he scored 75 points in that fight, two takedowns, 5% control time, 85 strikes on a one-armed guy. Like, uh, you know, I, I just don't get it. So I don't think a Chris Duncan decision looks very good. I'm going to be higher on Torres because his, his path to victory scores much, much higher than Duncan's in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, give me a loco. I'm going to, I picked him outright for the win. He's made optimal lineup two out of two times. Let's make it three out of three, uh, against the guy that I've seen a lot of people favoring as the dog. Hey, look at that. We're on opposite sides. No, no circle jerk here. There we do. There we go. I'll fight you on this next one though. Oh yeah. Which <laughs> side are you on? Bryony Barcelos is 8,600 taken on Christian Canones at 7,600. Line on this fight. Ryoni Barcelos is minus 175. The comeback on Canones is plus 145. You're first in this fight, so you don't get to find out which side I'm on quite yet. Uh yeah, I don't like this fight. I just don't I I don't like it. Um Hyone's one and four, and before you before anybody says, but I know he won the fight against Valiev, even though it wasn't a win. I understand that. But then he turned that around and lost to a, a debuting fighter, I think, at the time, and Victor Henry uh, beat Trevin Jones, lost to Umar, as he should, and then uh, lost to Kyler Phillips in a pretty close fight. But when I'm looking at your your stuff and your only win in your last four is Trevin Jones, like in your 36, closer to 37, am I supposed to be uh, impressed? I'm not. Uh, Christian Quinonez, I mean, KO'd Khaled Taha, who cares, in the first round. And then uh, got subbed in two and a half minutes uh, by Mr. Perfect. So I don't know what to think about Christian Quinones. Uh, I hate this oh, fight. I, I, I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going with Barcelos because he has ended up scoring okay, three and a half points a minute. Um, and he's been in close fights. I mean, the Umar fight, you definitely wasn't close. Uh, Henry did kind of kind of dominate him. It felt like on the feet, especially in rounds two and three. But there aren't really any stats that stand out. Both both these guys go less than 100 points. Quinones gave up a shitload of points when he lost. I guess I'm going to pick Hione, but I'm going to watch ownerships. And if it's too high, I'm going to be under because I don't trust. I don't trust yeah. either guy. Not, not, worry, not man of them. Don't worry about it. People are hopping off Barcelos. And I'm here to tell you, I think that's a mistake. 8,600. You're telling me a guy got subbed by Kung Ho Kang. And now you're going to put him, put him in there against Rione Barcelos? Who beat Timor Valiev, knocked him, knocked down Timor Valiev twice, mm -hmm. by the way, in, in, in that fight, took down Kyler Phillips three times, you know, took down uh, uh, Trevin Jones, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll let that go. But, you know, he scored 52 in the loss against Valiev, 59 in the loss against Henry. <clears throat> On all the guys he just fought, Valley, honestly, the only one who wouldn't be favored against, um, Canones is Trevin Jones, and I'm not even a hundred percent sure about that. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just talking about Rioni being old, and I get it, but he's because he's one and four in his last five, but he's taken on some fucking killers. Like, the Valley of one was bad. Like, he's he's at the top of this division. He he just I've always now now at one point I thought he was a future title contender. He rolled off five in a row. I was on him as soon as the Kirk the Kurt Holabaugh fight. And then he lost it. It's a shame that Timor Valiev fight really fucked him. Yeah, like that that ruined his title run, ruined his. And I and I wonder if some of the Henry loss was a bit of a hangover from that. And it still wasn't. You know, Henry's an active fighter. It well, just gets also, weird. And then at that point, now he's he not is, as gone. Yeah, and and now he's too old to really make a title. Like now he's fallen off a little bit. To where, you know, when he was fighting Henry Jones, like. That's about when he should be making his title run, 2022-ish. And now, you know, Umar, great fighter, took a shot there. And, and now just, it's just rough. I think he's I think he's just in a rough spot. And Kyler Phillips, you know, it's interesting because the more I talk about it, if, if your argument is Rioni is done and he's checked out and he's old, I guess. I can't pick fights that way until I've heard nothing from Rioni, unlike Brian Ortega, who is, is scaring me off. Like, not to mention that Rodriguez gets to fight Christian Canones and Brian Ortega gets to fight Yair Rodriguez. <laughs> Massive fucking difference, by the way. So, 
look, that loss against Kang should be throwing up red flags everywhere. You guys want to place money on that guy against Rayoni? You are just relying on Rayoni being done. I'm not going to do it. I admit I've been a Rayoni mark and on him since he got into the UFC. So there's my admitted bias up front. But I'm ro- I'm rolling with Rayoni, and I just I think there's better underdogs and kill shots out there than Kinonis. Even the next fight where I'm going to pick Mendonks, and I still can be like, all right, I get why you're picking. I would take Aguiar over Kinonis, and I n- neither one I'm really going hard on. It's more to make the point, hey, this is how little I like Kinonis. Let's move on. Let's talk about that fight. Mateus Mendonks at 8,400, taking on Jesus Aguiar at 7,800. Line on this fight. Minus 125 for Mendonks. Come back on Aguiar's plus 105. Uh, fight ends inside the distance, minus 180. Mid range should see a finish. I like Mendonks. I think he's more powerful. Just like my problem with. Um, what he beat? He beat Aguiar. Beat uh, Shannon Ross. And what was that? The fight that was like under ten seconds because Shannon Ross can't take a shot. Pretty much. Yeah, and he lost to Tatsuo Tyra. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to hold that one against you. On the contender series, though, he was the guy who's fallen to his back. Immediate giant red fucking flags, like immediate. You're gonna you know roll your back against Mendonks. Mm-hmm. Okay, that guy's he's an angry tiny man. Who hits hard? I just I don't like that visual. I'll take the guy who I think is stronger, more volume, more powerful, doesn't fall to his back in a, admittedly a high variance fight. Don't play it in cash games, but I'm on Mendonks. Monk. Yeah, I really don't have much to add. Both of these guys lost to talented guys in you know different divisions. Mendonks fought Basharat at Bantamweight, and then now he's back at flyweight. Um, whereas Aguilar lost to Tyra. If you beat Shannon Ross, I don't really care. That doesn't count. That's a nothing to me. Um, and then Mendonce, oh, you could close a door, make some yeah, weight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then Mendonce losing to Maness in a, in less than uh five minutes. I, I don't have really anything to add. I think Mendonce is better, more powerful, and yeah, I think this one finishes as well. So big GPP fight here, but I do favor the favorite. All right. I get to go off on the next one. You are first, though. Edgar Shires at 9,300. Taking on Daniel Da Silva Lacerda at 6,900. Line on this fight. This is this. To me, this is as as egregious as the uh, the, um, Uruguay line. Minus 485 on Shires. Plus 370 to come back on Da Silva. I won't go into my rant yet. Monk, who you got? You did not just compare Daniel Lacerda to Sam Hughes, but that's a whole nother topic we'll get on. No, no, um, I, compa- I, I compared Uruguay being a favorite to Chiras being that big of a favorite. I get the dog. Yeah, this country. line should be flipped with the Uruguay line. Chiras should be fucking minus uh, a thousand. No, no, no. All right. All uh, right. Try to rile me up. I know you're doing. Try to rile me up. Look, one of these guys fought someone good, and the other guy like has lost to everyone that he's fought and isn't good. Uh, Chiras lost to Tyra. Like, what do you expect? Tyra is a super good prospect. I don't even know if we can still call him a prospect. He has, like, five straight wins, maybe even six. I don't know. Um, and Chira is like, yeah, the fight against Lacerda. Like, Lacerda was looking okay. He landed four strikes and a takedown. I don't know if you can call that okay. He controlled him for a minute. But then he was getting standing guillotine. Like, just he was just doing Lacerda shit. This dude came into the UFC, lost to Jeff Molina, Francisco Figueredo. In one minute, he got subbed in a minute by Little Figgy. Lost to Alta Moreno, probably his best loss, actually. And then CJ Vergara, maybe the Vergara fight might be his best one. So much. Um, he's just bad. I don't. I picked him in several fights, and he's just constantly let me down when he was in the UFC. So fuck him. That's why. Uh, yeah. I just don't. And what are like? Oh, he's got he's got dog potential. Yeah, he's sixty nine hundred. Last time he was sixty nine hundred, he did put up forty six points against Vergara um in nine minutes which is super impressive but is is that what i'm supposed to expect going forward or am i supposed to expect like another finish loss oh yeah he's been finished in every single fight um that he has had in the ufc whereas uh edgar at least went f- uh, 15 minutes with a super good fighter in tyra so what's going to be different here give me edgar shires if lacerda wins cool like that's fine 
But if you're bragging about a Lacerda win on Sunday morning, you should take an extra couple seconds to look in the mirror. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I will look back and then we'll see perfection, sir. Perfection. You see, whew, uh, good thing I got that one right, because who the fuck knew? Well, that's the thing. That, that, but that's exactly my point. Ha, I got you. No, you didn't, because one guy's been finished in four fights in a row. The last time they fought, Vegas is... Five, actually. That was a good stoppage. Vegas is super not sharp, right? The last time they fought, Lacerda was the minus 200 favorite. And even then, I said, this is a super, super, (laughs) super high-variance fight. Right? And we see one of those outcomes. But he's minus two. No, he's plus two hundred. No, Lacerda was favored. Lacerda was a minus two hundred favorite. Unless I am crazy and reading that. I think you're looking at it backwards. I I have Tyrez as minus two fourteen. I have it the opposite in my spreadsheet. Okay, Lacerda is plus one eighty four. I need to click here. Did I flip it? If that's the case, I would have bet my entire life savings on Edgar Charez. Uh, 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 I had it backwards. Well, he was a favorite against Figgy, right. so not just still me gonna, hates Figgy. Back up. All right, rewind some of that. Yes, the super annoying guy made a mistake in a spreadsheet. Fuck you guys. Regardless, I still said it was a super variant fight, and I stand by that. I still stand by that, regardless of type was aside. But it's not as variant anymore because we saw what happened. You saw one of the outcomes. The, that fight the most likely outcome, Lacerda getting finished. Uh, I don't think so. Because that's what happens in every fight. <laughs> well, a Lacerda finish happens in every fight. Dude has been in 16 fights, has never seen the judges. All of his wins, all of his losses. This is a GPP special. I will have plenty of, of Chires, but I'm also going to have plenty of Lacerda because I do think it's super high variance. Let's not act like Edgar Chires. Yeah, okay. He, lo- he, he lost to Tyra. Then you got to go back, right? And he lost in the contender series to Clayton Carpenter. Mm, that that's that that's I mean, I guess I Carpenter's only had one fight since then. It was one Camillo Renderos. I don't think it's that that great of, of, of a loss. Then he lost. Um, then he beat a five and seven. This is after he was on contender series, went and can crushed Roberto Guerrero in UWC, and he got a win over uh, Johnny Vasquez in, in Fury, which which is okay. Vasquez, what, eight, three, and one. I remember watching one of his fights. He's okay. I don't think... Chai, my point is, this is a super low-level fucking shit show. And I get one guy at 6,900 that no one's going to be on because every... Because t- I've, I've mentioned this fight all the time. I watched Tim Means almost beat um, Canales Cowboy Oliveira, and it's going to happen again. And that was, you know, these two powerful guys, and that's what's going to happen. And then Cowboy goes out and blasts Tim Means. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I just think the Silva is way more live than people are suggesting. And if he wins, this fight's not going to see the see the judges. It's just not. I that would stun me. What would surprise you more? A Shira's decision win? Yes. Or or a Lacerda win of any kind. Shira's decision. Yeah, this isn't be, going. Like, don't don't if 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 I get the ownerships tomorrow and I see Lacerda at 15%, I'm going to double that, probably plus some. He'll be at least 20. There's only, what, 10 fight, 11? No, there's 13 now. Yeah, there's 13. Uh, well, maybe me? then. Maybe and, then. And I'll be at 30 easy. I just think he's super live. I'm going to go out. I, I like Chirez so little as a prospect. I'm going to take a shot on the crazy-ass Brazilian, and he's fun. So give me Lacerda. And if he wins, don't worry, guys. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to look in the mirror. And I'm going to frown. And I remember that, hey, wait, I picked Lacerda. And I'll be happy again. And I'll move on about my day. So you're going to show all those betting slips that you bet all this money on Lacerda? Uh, no. I'll be showing my DraftKings screenshots, hopefully crushing. <laughs> there you go. Until fucking nothing else goes my way. And you guys are like, hey, where, where are the screenshots? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Ortega <laughs> fucking finished a year in 60 seconds. And and uh what's the other and and yeah Duncan got, and Duncan got knocked out in 45 so like i'll be like i'll get la silva right but miss every favorite right like, oh there you go good call sniper you fucking idiot uh, but with but by, by the way if neil gets that decision last week i take home so much money so, <laughs> not, not that he should have but fuck you ian gary somehow it makes me hate you more stupid ian gary's the guy the the, the cuck chair in the hotels are for 
Like he's that guy. That's the Gary chair. Oh, I gotta start calling it that. I, I'm or you can go with Machardo also. Okay. Ian Machardo, I'm, Gary. I'm definitely going to a. Uh, I'm gonna be at a hotel in a couple weeks. I'm definitely posting that on the uh, Twitter machine. <laughs> Look, guys, it's my Ian Gary chair. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Faraz Ziam at 8,700, taking on the leg lock specialist, the Peruvian Ryan Hall, Claudio Puelas at 7,500. Uh, line on this fight. I can't believe I fucked that up in my spreadsheet. That was not good. Um, ZM is minus, minus 198. Puelas is plus 164. Puelas needs to get a leg lock. That's what he does. If he doesn't and he fights somebody decent, he's in trouble. And that's what Faraz ZM is. I don't think ZM is well-rounded, not super exciting. But to me, I think he's good enough to handle the leg lock game, better on the feet. Um, he got overwhelmed by Terrence McKinney and lost to a really underrated Don Madge. ZM is, is good enough for Puelas here. I think Puelas is good. He fight against, had that fight against Dan Hooker. I think he's... Uh, Going to be continuing that uh, downslope for a little bit. Give me ZM to be more technical, win this fight. And yeah, I like him all around. Puelas is not a guy I'm heavily targeting. Monk? Uh, I'm the opposite. I'm not Ooh. playing Ferris ZM hardly at all because he scores like absolute dog shit. Uh, even when he does somehow get the judges' decisions against Luigi Vendramini, he should have lost that fight, according to the stats. Scored only 46 points in his win. Vendramini outscored him by 11 fucking points before the bonus, but somehow he gets the win there. He gets a win against Jamie Malarkey, who also outscored him also by 10 points uh, in that win, and that was even uh, further apart, um, wider stat uh, line from Malarkey than it was against Vendramini. Scores 67 points in that one. Congrats, he beat Michael Figlak and didn't even score 100 points there. Like, who cares? Zayim, I am not interested in him whatsoever uh, for GPPs. I I don't even care if he comes out here and somehow knocks out Puelas. Like, that's going to freaking happen. He doesn't knock out anybody. Um, then I'll just eat it because that's the least likely thing that I think is going to happen here. And, yes, I will, I will absolutely be taking a shot at 7,500. Uh, Claudio Puelas by flying toehold. Let's fucking go. Guys, four and one in his last five. Only lost to Dan Hooker. Yes, he got two leg locks, but then what's he he's won two decisions before that against Levitt and uh Marcos Mariano. Um and also his last five strength of schedule is better than Ferrazium. So both guys are four and one. One guy has a path to victory, which scores this many points at 8,700. And the other guy has a path to victory that scores him over 100 uh, or over 90, at least, at 7,500. So, yeah, and a finish. Give me Puelas here. Fucking fuck Ferris ZM for DraftKings forever. That guy's a fucking bum. I don't care how many fights he wins by decision. I'll never, ever play him in GPPs or cash. Fuck him. Fuck him. Smile right. killer indeed. Because when I'm looking at my lineups and I see a bunch of wins and a bunch of money comes in, and then I have Ferris Zaim, my smile is dead because I know he's going to score 16 points in a win. You know what makes my smile dead? Dennis Dennis Bondar. He's 8,200. He's taking on Ronaldo Rodriguez at 8,000. Line on this fight. Dennis Bondar. Oh, good. It's flipped. Good. Plus 102. It's actually sad. I would like Rodriguez a bunch. And clearly, the line movement indicates I'm with the sharper people here. Minus 122, the comeback on Rodriguez. I'm a little sad about this because it means Rodriguez is going to be popular, and I really liked him here. Um, but you are first for this fight. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. This one, Jesus. I mean, does anyone even know who Rodriguez is? Because half the sites he's on listed as Luis. Half the sites he's listed as Rodrigo. Uh, people don't know who the fuck's fighting. This is another shitty, shitty low uh, level high variance fight. Another fight where neither guy has a UFC win. Uh, one guy lost to Malcolm Gordon and Carlos Hernandez. Uh, and then Rodriguez lost, I believe, his DWC, or was this a yeah, this he, is a he DWC was in, he was fight, right? In 2020. Yeah, exactly. So he loses that fight, and uh, now he's making his debut against uh, a terrible fighter in Bondar. This is a just play this one in GPPs, don't touch it in cash. I probably liked Rodriguez more just because I think Bondar has looked very, very shitty. Um, even, I mean, the Hernandez fight was close. He did score 42 points 
at 7,900, but I mean, we really didn't see much. A couple takedowns, zero control time, uh, mostly uh, just Bondar getting outstruck, uh, getting 100 strikes dropped on him. So give me Rodriguez. The line seems to indicate that Rodriguez is now the favorite, so you're getting a tiny little bit of line value there, but the most expensive dog against the cheapest uh, favorite. Just just play this in GPP. It's a real shit show. I like Rodriguez a little more. I think since his contender series fight, he's looked a little better from what I've seen on the regional scene. I don't like Bondar. Agree, though. I can't be super confident. I just I don't like the, the line movement is about where it should be now compared to when it opened. I like Rodriguez. It's who I'm still going to be higher on. I think he's more likely to get the win, obviously, with elevation, too, being from Mexico. Well, maybe a slight advantage there. We haven't talked much about the elevation. It does play a factor in these fights, but give me Rodriguez. Not a whole lot to add. It is. It's not one you should be super confident in in either way because of there's too many. There's a lot of unknowns here. But if you make me pick based on what I have watched on film, the pick is Rodriguez. Next fight up, Felipe Dos Santos, 9,200, taking on Victor Altamirano at 7,000. Line on this fight. Uh, Dos Santos minus 300 come back in Altamirano plus 225 Felipe Dos Santos made his UFC debut looked great against Manel Cop. still lost the fight and now we get Victor Altamirano and people are picking Dos Santos and this line is so big because of how he looked and I get it he looked really good Victor Altamirano is no joke dude is legit I know he lost to Tim Elliott Tim Elliott's a weird fucking guy to fight um, and they stand, they stand up on the feet Based on what I saw, Dos Santos probably has an edge, but man, it's hard to trust a guy who's 0-1 in the UFC with this much hype against a guy I know is decent. And it's kind of it's kind of that simple for me. Um, and you got, for what it's worth, Altamirano fighting at home. I did I pull the trigger? I have to go look. I came really close to picking Victor Altamirano straight up in this fight, just based on that decline, the fall off, wanting to see more, and just on the feet, it being closer than I think people thought. I do think there's value in Altamirano. I think he'll be under-owned. I'll probably mix in some Dos Santos. I don't, yeah, I think I picked Dos Santos, but Altamirano is a guy I will be overweight on in GPPs, and I think that's where the value is uh, betting. Uh, how about for you, Monk? Yeah, same. I've thought this about the guy pretty much every fight, especially in his last fight against Tim Elliott. He did score 31 points at 7,200, but it was still a letdown as he did not get the win. Um, and Elliot kind of, I don't know if, I guess dominate. Yeah, he controlled him for 75% of that fight. Um, Felipe Dos Santos did look good. I'm not going to go as far as to say great, but did look good against Cop because he still got knocked down, uh, out-controlled, and all he did was strike. He did land 40 points uh, Forty points in that, in that fight, but uh, yeah, pretty uh, one-dimensional, it did seem like there. I guess I am going to favor the dog just a little bit. I don't think I picked him, but, uh, cause I do think Dos Santos probably wins a decision. Um, I just don't think, I don't know which Altamirano we're going to get, man. I've been rooting for him, but his only two wins are against, uh, Venecia Salvador, not a great win. And then Daniel Acerta again, not a great win, great win. Uh, not a great win there. Uh, first round KO. I mean, yeah, that's a good win, but certainly, you know, if we're, if we're talking strength of schedule, Lacerda only hurts him because uh because Altamirano's strength of schedule is almost 20 points lower than Felipe Dos Santos is so far in the UFC, and that is a gigantic number. So yeah, Altamirano does have uh, some GPP upside for sure. But I think Felipe Dos Santos does as well. Um, another low-level fight here, lots of question marks, not playing it for cash. Uh, maybe Altamirano if I needed a punt play, maybe I can get 30, 35 points out of him in a loss. Uh, but I am not confident in either side of this one. So yeah, GPP heavy, probably bigger on the underdog since he's so cheap. All right, let's wrap it up with Mohamed Naimov, 9,100. Take on Eric Silva at 7,100. Line on this fight, Naimov, minus 575. Come back on Silva, plus 425. Monk, you are first. Yes, Mohamed Naimov, like all day for me. Cash GPPs, I think he's good in every format. Uh, beat Jamie Malarkey. Uh, at 6,500, gigantic underdog knocks out Jamie Malarkey in a fight that nobody, uh, hardly anybody picked Naimov in and then, uh, gets a good win against Nathaniel Wood decision him very good win there scores 96. I mean, Naimov, let's see four takedowns there against Wood. You know what he's going to do, uh, scores almost four points a minute. 
Silva, meanwhile, gives up 4.3 points a minute, uh, allowed two takedowns to TJ Brown. And the biggest part is he got out controlled or he allowed 71% control time in almost 14 minutes. So three quarters of the fight, uh, TJ Brown was controlling Eric Silva, who loves to rush in with his head straight up and his arms down uh, and just get finished. So, yeah, I'm going Mohamed Naimov here. Hopefully he can finish the fight via submission or ground and pound or win a decision in which he lands uh, either a bunch of takedowns or uh, a few takedowns, a bunch of control time, and some ground and pounds. So, yeah, I think Naimov's path to victory scores much better um, than Silva. But if you're on the Silva side, lucky for you, he's only 7,100, so that could help. But uh, I'm squarely on the uh, Muhammad Naimov side. We will end the podcast with an agreement. I Again, like you said, Silva rushes in. Naimov has power. He's been the dog against Malarkey Wood. Two big wins. Step down in competition against Eric Silva. Setting him up pretty well here. Give me um, Naimov. One of the dogs I probably like the most in this court. I just don't think Silva's good. I just, I just don't. That simple. Do kill shots. If you're not familiar with the kill shot, it is a DraftKings play that is under-owned. Should be a dog, typically, that can win you a GPP. Cheap, not popular. I think we both know ours. It's pretty straightforward this week. I'll go first so Monk can berate me in his. I'm taking Daniel Lacerda because everybody loves Edgar Chires, who's yet to win a UFC fight. Oh, they don't. <laughs> everybody, they don't. No, no. Chires no. is real popular. He's really, really? popular. Yeah, Chires. So just like every Lacerda fight, it's always like, Lacerda, I like Lacerda, like plus 400, and then he gets fucking finished in the first round. They're like, this time he's at plus 350. I really like him there, and he gets finished in the first round. It's just like, how many times Why did you your impression gonna... of me sound like I have to shit? No, that wasn't you. That was t- the Twitterverse. I would it never do like an I impression. I would never do an impression of you in front of you. I have some 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 tact. Um, but yeah, that's all I've seen on Twitter every time Lacerda fights. And how much money are we like gonna we? I'm not included in this we, but we are going to donate to the bookies on this dude. Like this just time after time, take my money and I'll, uh, I'll just cry on my massive pile of hope. Um, well, see, you, you just created a great nickname for him. It should be Daniel Cindy Lopper. Yeah, massive pile of hope. Uh, Cancel Santos. Mijo. Uh, yeah, it's Sam Hughes for me. She's way, uh, undervalued scores. Well, when she loses, I don't necessarily expect her to win. Although I did pick her. And I can see her winning. I just think that she could score well, even in a decision loss. 6,700 is gigantic. Talk about people that are going to be under-owned. We know Sam Hughes is going to be low-owned. So, yeah, give me her 67. All right, guys, that's what we got. Under an hour, 13 fights and kill shots. You don't like it? Fuck off. It's still too long. That's right. I'm the annoying guy. Oh, we're in busting balls. Geek will be back next week. We will try and keep him in line. I don't know if he's going to host. If I'm going to host, I don't know. I'll just talk about Umar and then no other fights. I'll just talk about Umar every time. At least we're getting Geek back next week on a fight. A card that's got 10 fights. Next week is brutal. Good thing I I like fighting. Yeah. Is there, are there, are there other, see, it's going to take us a little over an hour now because next week there is, you know, there is one show on Friday night. I don't watch. I can't say I watch Octagon. I will watch the one show. Yeah. In a boxing fight. Yeah. So at least we have have the uh, the, the one Saudi event. card next week. Sorry. Say it again. Saudi is that the boxing fight? Um. Or is that later? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. No. There's. There's right now. There's. No. It's the uh, the light heavyweight championship. It's um. Malkin and um. De Ritter, and then Jared Brooks and um, the flyweight title. I can't said remember. light heavyweight, and I just like got PTSD for a second. No, no, it's it's heavyweight. Sorry. This is going to be the greatest card ever. Your head's going to explode when we announce yeah. the main event. Look, I, I I like one. There there also is if you're if you are a boxing fan, which not for me. There's um uh Serrano, uh, Amanda Serrano's fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Nina Menke is, but I'm admittedly not a big, huge boxing fan. But he got right. 46 2 and 1. Oh, it's, it's, and Jake Paul. Oh, Jake Paul's fighting. Yeah, Serrano. Yeah, Serrano fights That's every right. Jake Paul card. I forgot that shit. He's like her manager. I don't know what to Take say. On Ryan Borland. Uh. <laughs> uh. 
God damn it, here we are again. Fuck. Fuck, man. At least we get Rosine, Jarzinho and Shamil next week. There we go. That's a fine fight night main event. I know you were ragging on it, but for a fight night main event, it's fine. Well, that, I'm not going to lie. All I saw was Rosenstroik, and then I saw Shamil, and I was like, you're fucking kidding me. They gave Abdurakimov a mate. This is the shittiest. And then I read the whole name. I was like, all right, it's not Abdurakimov. I take it back. I feel like that's I racist. PTSD when I see Shamil. I'm just like, no. Shamil Abdurakimov. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, great. Sweet. All right, guys. See, we've rambled to get over an hour just for you guys. See, it's, a long you. Form po- it's a long form podcast now. Exactly. Hit the like button. Join us in DFS Army. Follow Monk on Twitter. Me too. Sniper wins. Monk. Oh God, what's your handle? Monk At MMA. Monk Maddox. Monk Maddox. Check that shit out. And go, go give, go listen to the uh, the uh, nickname podcast. What is, what is it? What is it? What's the well, I haven't done name? that in a bit. I haven't done anything since I've been doing uh, what, what, what all my doing? data. It was the nickname show. I still do the happy hour show on Thursdays. With my guy Lou Betya, but uh, that's the only right. other content I'm doing. Check all amongst shit out. Follow Check us with out. DFS Army. See you in the Discord. Good luck, guys. We will see you next time.